check, check. Hello, hello, hello. Good? I was thinking about having another Christmas sale last week. It was snowing, so <laughs> it's not too far off, I guess. It's winter, summer, winter. Um, yep, here before you know it. In men's group, we talked this week about hospitality, and I taught that class. I thought, man, it'd be easy if I just you know, did the same thing for the, the sermon, but uh, God's really thrown in some things that I hadn't thought about last Tuesday, um, the things where I was, I was kind of worried about. You know, hospitality, I wanted to preach on um, just all the positive things about hospitality, but he says, what about the negative things about hospitality? I was like, what negative things? And it's really been an eye-opener for me this week. Uh, Romans 12 is the chapter most used for hospitality. Um, so I'll just read that if you want to follow along with me. Got the computer going. The computer has a virus that's called Windows. That was the problem earlier. So. <laughs> Romans 12. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. For by, for by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as one in the body, for as in one body, we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prop prophecy in, in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal, be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice those who rejoice, Re weep with those who weep, Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one with for evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. 
For it is written, Vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by doing so, you are heaping coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. What is hospitality? Why is it important? How do we show it? Nicholas Creswell wrote a book about traveling through the U.S. Uh, from 1774 to 1777, a long time ago. He described the hospitality of strangers he encountered along the way. Uh, most of the time, there wasn't an inn or a restaurant along his path, so he had to stop at strangers' houses. Um, and that was the custom of the day. Stop at complete strangers for food and shelter. He'd pay them a few shillings if they'd accept he spoke of some people who were offended if he didn't stop. If they saw him passing by, they were offended that he didn't stop. They were starving for fellowship, out in the middle of nowhere, in the woods, in this early country. They didn't have cable TV or Facebook or any substitute for real life interaction. Is the world more evil now than it was back then? I don't think so. But I don't think I've ever been offended that somebody didn't stop at my house, especially a stranger, you know. Or that I even hoped that they would stop. So I'm wondering why, what's changed? My culture, trust, why am I hospitable at work, but I'm not so much in my home? I'm more guarded in my home. My dog Duke is the same way. He'll greet anybody at the shop, but you come to our house, he's barking, you know. Um, did he learn that from me? Or was that programmed into him by God? Romans twelve thirteen. Distribute to the needs of the saints, given to hospitality. So share with the saints in their needs, pursue hospitality. Does that mean we're to let strangers walk by and only have fellowship with Christians or saints? that the only people I let into my home? I think we're given direction to protect our home and our family. I don't believe God wants us to be hospitable to truly evil people. How do I know who's who? My dad's cousin, uh, Donnie, lives in Nebraska. Uh, when I was a kid, I'd visit the family with my grandparents. Uh, in particular, his son, Steve, who was my age. Donnie had hired hands working for him on the, on the farm, the big farm. Um, and most of them were not good Christian people. Not a bad thing in itself, um, hiring unbelievers. I think he thought his influence would be good on them. That he might be able to win them over. It wasn't until just a few years ago, uh, Thanksgiving, I asked my cousin Steve, uh, why aren't you married? You're my age, he's a good-looking guy, he's gifted beyond belief uh, musically. Um, he told me when he was a kid, one of those hired hands raped him. 
and the effects echo through his life today. Multiple personality disorder and the decision to never marry. Hospitality is one of the most important aspects of our Christian walk, and yet Satan uses it to attack us. He uses pedophiles, thieves, addicts, selfish people against us. He even sends wicked people into churches to try to get the benevolence money. The good people are at risk now because who do you, how do you know who's who? Uh, can you give money to truly needy people? Or You're always questioning this now because of what Satan's doing, using our own hospitality against us. He wants us to deny everybody because it's too dangerous to help some. How do we know who to help? Who do we allow into our lives, our homes? 2 Timothy 3 gives us a warning. But understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty, for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness but denying its power, Avoid such people. For among them are those who creep into households and capture weak women, burdened with sins and led astray by various passions, always learning and never able to arrive at a knowledge of the truth. So, avoid such people. For the ones who are supposed to be hospitable, 1 Peter 4 uh, says, And above all things, have fervent love for one another. For love will cover a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without grumbling. The basis is fervent love. Fervent means intense stretching. A constant and continual exertion. Be hospitable without grumbling. What's that mean? It means if we invite someone over for a meal and they eat all your food, be happy. Yeah, fed them. Don't grumble just because they cleaned you out. Hebrews 13, 2. Do not forget to entertain angels, or strangers, for by doing so we have unwittingly entertained angels. It sounds like a test, doesn't it? Angels are in our midst, and some may be seeking my hospitality. So I've got to be careful. I don't deny them, right? We need each other. We need other people. God shows his love through me, by my actions. And to worship God, I'm to present my body as a living sacrifice. I have to do this through service to others. To build relationships. 
people who lack relationships inside and outside the church are miserable people. They need you. They need me. So here I am going back and forth. And I'm dragging you with me. I need to be hospitable, but it's too dangerous to be hospitable. Where do we, where do we balance that out? Two years ago, I took a couple friends with me um, and a couple acquaintances with me to South Dakota uh, for a pheasant hunt. The two acquaintances were a father and son, and the father had just lost a, another son to suicide. So. I thought it would be a benefit to them if I got them away to a place where they could encounter God. What better place than where God lives? South Dakota, right? It ain't here. It's Ohio. We hunted opening Saturday, which is a big thing out there. You have to be there on the day of opener to get all the good birds and the ones that haven't been shot at yet. It's like a national holiday, whatever, in South Dakota opening day. And on Sunday, they even went to church with us. Like, wow, everything's going great. The preacher preached on uh, salvation. It's like, wow, that's something they needed to hear. Um, thought all was good. They spent the rest of the week getting drunk. Not hunting. Not socializing with us. Completely self-indulged. Steve Carlisle went out with me a few years ago and really connected with God in that little cabin, and that's the reason I go. Same thing. While he was there, he bought a ring just like the one I'm wearing. It's silver with Black Hills gold. Um, and I came to associate these rings with the holiness of that place. It's like kind of a brotherhood. Yeah, we got matching rings. And... Yeah. <laughs> Shh, that's another topic. Different kind of love. I conveyed this to the guests I had with me a couple of years ago. And the father bought one of the rings. I was like, cool. You know. I think I let my hope blind me. So much that I just assumed I should be helping him. Should be helping everybody. Going back to Timothy 3, 7. Always learning and never able to arrive at a knowledge of the truth. He could hear me, but his heart couldn't hear me over his selfishness or over his evil self. My friend and I both took four-wheelers while we were out hunting. Uh, the two acquaintances got them both stuck in the river. Big ordeal. Wasted a day and a half there. Um, even that didn't wake me up. It's like, you know, still got to help these people. Um, it wasn't until in the river, the father looked down in his hand and said, My ring, it's gone. I knew instantly that God had taken that ring away from him as a sign for me. because it represented that spiritual awakening that he didn't have. He used that to tell me to stop. Don't try any more with this guy. 
And it was just clear as day, you know, it's like almost an audible voice, stop. Matthew 10, 14. And if anyone will not receive you or listen to your words, shake off the dust from your feet when you leave that house or town. It was pretty miserable shaking the dust off my feet for the 1,200-mile trip I had with them to drop them off at home. My bad. I don't know if God will always be that clear with who he wants us to invest in. But be in constant prayer for direction. Approach everyone with love to check to see how they respond. Take time to get to know them before bringing them into the inner fold. That cabin out in the woods is my home. It's home to me. I learned that I need to be more careful in vetting who can enter. I need to teach my kids the same thing when they bring people over into their inner fold. A friend of mine has a house broken into. They stole his guns and other objects uh, because his son had let friends in that weren't supposed to be in there. Brought the wrong people over. It seems in my mind almost anti-Christian to not help people, to turn my back on somebody. But there are times when God says, leave that one alone. Maybe it's just not the right time. Maybe it never will be. Or maybe it's just not me that's supposed to connect with that person. I also realize I need to be more inviting to those I do trust to the people God puts in my life. Especially with the people in my church. Two hours a week in church doesn't cut it. We spend most of this time quietly listening. Not much interaction there, is there? The three or four people I do get a chance to talk to before everybody runs out the door, you know, that's, that's just not enough. Not enough for healthy friendships. I need more. Maybe you do too. Even men's group, we get together, we talk about God, we learn about God, but there's not a lot of time for personal connection. Many of you are much more hospitable than I am. That's something I lack in. Um, so I'm not preaching this as much as I, I am acknowledging its importance in my life. And that I hope I can get over my own excuses why it's not convenient to spend time with people being hospitable. Excuses like, I have four kids. My house is a disaster. All the time. Or, I can't relate to that person. They're not my age. We don't share any hobbies. My house is too small. Or the big one. I work six days a week. I want to be alone. But being alone isn't where I find joy. It's easier. 
but it's not rewarding. I don't know, and I can rattle off excuses. There's a very real spiritual war going on here, and it's more real than any war on earth. We need each other. We have strength in numbers. We build on this church and on this community through our love, our kindness, our hospitality. We can only show this by spending time with each other. Maybe it's inviting a family over for supper or doing a game night with another couple or one-on-one going out with a, a friend for breakfast. Connect. Nowadays, people aren't starving for food, but they are starving for friendship, companionship. I think the answer to learning how to be hospitable and who to allow in, it's in prayer. One like this. Pray with me. Jesus, bring me the people you need me to touch and befriend. Teach me to see you as the common bond between us children and not age, social status, race, my interests, or any other difference I may have with others. Show me who not to pursue and keep your enemies away from my door. When hospitality feels more like work than kindness, remind me not to grumble. Give me a heart for everyone that you have a heart for. Amen.